And we're live. All right. So, hey, are you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans? It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. The podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode. So, as you notice, there is no guest today. We were going to have uh, Nick Garber. We promise you he's still alive, but I think he fell into a time rift, but we'll get him back eventually, maybe someday. So instead, you're stuck with Doc and I, and this episode is going to be, what are we reading and watching now? Because, hey, we're nerds too. We read books. We watch things. Right? You watch things, I'm sure. Maybe. Sometimes. All right, I know you turn on your old transistor radio occasionally and listen to, like, the telly, Noel, the, no, what is it they call the old uh, radio broadcasts? Uh, my joke is flat because I messed up. Because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Per- you know, like the old-timey radios. Ah, uh, you know what? I was a history major once, too, but that's too recent for me. So instead, we'll just dive into the topic. We thought this would be a fun thing to do. Uh, if people like it, we enjoy it. We'll start bringing on some guests. We'll start, you know, nerding out. And maybe do one of these every so often. But since uh, we know you're a book nerd, but we're not sure if you're a TV nerd, are you watching anything cool, Doc? Uh, <laughs> this is Wizards of Waverly Place. Is that because of your son? Yeah. So he's been really into that. At, but uh, like Technically, I would say it's fantasy because it's got magic, right? It is fantasy. It has magic. And it has Selena Gomez in it, which is all a good combination. Um, I have started reading. I'm sorry, I, I finished watching The Witcher, or rather, I have one episode left, and I know I need to go back and finish it. But the problem is, a I like to watch Witcher in like three episode segments, and something happened, and so I just I have like one, and I really. I'm really bad like about this. I'll get to the last season of something and I don't want it to end. So I stop watching it. And then you forget to come back to it. And then I start over again and then I stop. I get that. There are some series that you just, or if you like, if you were watching the, I don't know, the George R. R. Martin's dragon nonsense. Now I'm not just... the person that like lowers the ratings because it, people stopped watching it. I generally, when this happens is like, I know it's ending and I just don't want to, I, I like no, no. ostrich it. The, the joke or the point I was making is some people know that the ending was horrible. And so they just don't watch the ending. So that way they can make their own head. Oh, no, up. I still have the box and the shrink wrap. <laughs> like, I, I don't even pretend I have it in shrink wrap still. Somebody gave it to me for uh, Christmas, one of my family members, because they know I have all of the others. And I am enough of a completionist that I had to get the last box. But it is still in the shrink wrap. <laughs> I mean, I get that. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, what are you? Well, that's what you're watching. So, well, I what have are you been, watching? I've been watching the. I just finished binge watching all three seasons of Lost in Space, the Netflix remake of the series. Uh, it was good. They did some differences. So they make they made Doctor Robinson a woman. Uh, they also made her I, slightly. I watched season one of that and I loved it. And then what happened was season two wasn't out yet. And I just haven't gotten back to watching it yet. It's good. I, I had a break too. So I just started and I rewatched it. But like they made Dr. Robinson a woman, which I 
who didn't mind. I mean, sometimes when I think shows or books do it just to check a box, it just feels like it's cheap writing trick and I feel insulted that they think I'm going to fall for it. But much like with Battlestar Galactica, this one, they did it. I mean, they never really gave a reason about why they switched it, but they made it believable. She played crazy really well. I think and, in some cases, sometimes it's just a matter of the casting because she does such a really good kind of crazy person that I mean. And they made it crazy in a in a way that made sense. Whereas in the original series, we're talking black and white loss in space. Like there was never really a clear understanding why Dr. Robinson was evil. Oh, no, see, it's not I Robinson. That. That's way too old for me. Me too. But um, was it Dr. Robinson that was the doctor? No, Smith. Was it Smith? I have no idea. Anyway, the the doctor that was crazy it was a guy in the um in the uh, doctor in Lost in Space. Uh, it was Doctor Smith. Okay, not Doctor Robinson. Robinson was the family's name. Um, so the Doctor Smith, the lady that played her, um, and I'm going to see you know Robinson remember. Caruso. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Harris. Jo Obviously, uh, history major, not. English major. So it was, it was Jonathan Harris was the original actor the, in the black and white series. Uh, it was a lady in the second one, but they, they made her crazy in a way like it was in her twisted mind. She was constantly doing these bad things for self-preservation. Like it wasn't, she was willfully evil. And so it gave a level of believability to the insanity that it, well, and it I think for me. Went a different level of evilness to it. Yes. So, so I, I really enjoyed it. I binge watched the whole series. The series was felt like it was cut prematurely. Like they said, this isn't making enough. Let's end it. They gave it an ending, but the ending almost felt like the beginning of something else. So even though they tried to close the loop, it still felt like a cliffhanger. Which I hate it when that happens. Terra Nova did that. I did not like it. Terra Nova was amazing. They didn't even write an ending for that. They just stopped making it. It was an amazing show. I hate them. Fox is where all the good shows go to die. Um, and so I'm still bitter. I loved that show. I mean, you had dinosaurs and time travel. It was cool. I know. But uh, but yeah, that was a good one. But so I, I like the characters. Everything was believable. I like the twist with, uh, with Penny's dad being like she was adopted, uh, which explained why she didn't quite look like everyone else. But then, well, she was adopted by the dad, not the mom. Uh, and then that sort of added a layer of complexity to the arc, which I thought was kind of cool. So overall, I'd give that, I don't know, 10 out of 10. I'd watch it again. Uh, I've been watching Clone Wars with the, uh -huh. uh, with the kiddo. Um, we're not resubscribing to Disney for various reasons. So we're just trying to work our way through it because he loves it. At some point in time, I'll probably end up just buying the box set because we're on like season four and there are seven in Clone Wars. I don't know that I'm going to finish in time. That's a lot. Yeah, and there's like 22 episodes a season, so it's just... I know, back when seasons were like actually a season. Yeah, uh, but the difference is now what they do, like the subscription model, they will drop everything at once, which is nice. Yeah, I do like that it. for the binging sake, because as an ADHD, the binging is nice. Yeah, I mean, sleep, who needs sleep? I've got 10 more episodes to watch. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't started season two of Bridgington yet, because... Uh, I had a very busy weekend doing mundane stuff. So. Fair. Um, so I've been watching the, the Clone Wars with the kiddos. It's good. Some of the plots are a little bit juvenile, but I will say in Clone Wars, 
like the Jedi's aren't always the good guys. Cause you remember in the beginning, like the Jedi's were, were the good guys. And now you're watching the, the universe grow and it's like, uh, I mean, maybe the, uh, maybe the evil empire wasn't so evil and maybe they weren't entirely wrong. So I, I like that level of nuance. I, I think sometimes bad guys just need to be bad and good guys just need to be good. Well, I think in uh, America we have a tendency to not put that level of nuance in animated shows because there's a certain level of like, Oh, it's a cartoon. It's for kids. Speaking of kids' cartoons that were a little bit, um, um, a little more mature than they used to be, I watched Jurassic World. Uh, oh, I thought with, you were going to go with Sailor Moon because that would have been a really funny one too. No, I have never actually seen it. I mean, I've seen. Well, like, okay, here's the thing, right? You got to understand about Sailor Moon is Sailor Moon was written for a mature, er, mature audience. In Japan, it's 30 years old, and middle school is more like high school in Japan, age-wise. Okay. From my understanding, like I could be completely wrong, in which case somebody is welcome to correct me. This is all off of what I've read. And um, so it's not as abnormal that middle schoolers are dating. Um but here, but the funniest thing about Sailor Moon is when it came to America, they they were airing it for children, and because they were airing it for children, they did some creative uh, licensing of sorts. And I, so in the later seasons, they're Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune, and they are a couple. But they decided to translate this and make them cousins, but they didn't quality edit all of the lines so there's times like where they're making definite um not cousinly references to each other yeah that would get a little west virginia weird um, <laughs> i love to joke that sailor moon introduced me to lesbians and incest all in one not a ringing endorsement for a family-friendly show no, it's not, but it's just, it wasn't really, it was just more that people weren't paying attention to the nuances of translating something. Fair. So, and and um, big deal. The as JR reminds me that we are a family friend, friendly show, but Sailor Moon's family friendly. I watch it with my, my, not, I watched, I watched it with my eight year old when I had one. Yeah, she's so older now. Before anybody thinks this is a reference to something bad, he's just older now. Oh, I was going to make the joke that you sold them to the gypsies, but okay, you can tell that. No, the gypsies returned him. Fair. He probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't stop talking. And they're like, we need to sleep. Just take him back. They're probably like, why is this kid not obsessed with Digimon and Pokemon? But, uh, but yeah, so I watched the Clone Wars with the kiddo, and then we watched Jurassic World, which is a cartoon that takes place. Or no, it was a Jurassic was it Jurassic World? It was the cartoon for Jurassic Park that is um <laughs> it takes place during the Jurassic World timeline as they're abandoning the park. They basically it's a group of campers. They were doing essentially a beta run on a camp for kids and got left behind. And so it's like this dark show of these like 10-year-old-ish, hard to really say, um, because they drew them sort of androgynous. Um, which is fine because they try to make it appeal to a wider, wider range of kids. Well, honestly. But, Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying 10-year-olds are kind of androgynous to start with. No, no, I mean, but they, they did it in such a way that they could be 10 or they could be 15 and it'd be really hard to oh. tell just the way they drew them. Uh, I think that was by design. 
uh, which, like I said, I have no problem with, but you know, that's hard to pin it down, but whatever, these kids were like beta testing this camp, um, this sort of summer camp type vibe on the Jurassic World Island and they get left behind. That sounds like safe. Right. Well, of course it wasn't. And that's the whole series of four seasons of them sort of trapped. And then just when they make it home, they land on another Jurassic World type island. So like last kids on earth meets dinosaurs. Basically. But it was, it was really good. I watched that. There are a couple of them where like the youngest would get a little nervous. It's like, oh, they're going to kill my favorite character. I'm like, no, it's the kid show. I don't think anybody that's good is going to die. Now, a lot of the um, staff, you watch them get eaten left and right. Uh, but but like the actual kids, like, no, they're, they're pretty safe. Uh, who knows what they do in season five? Because there is a fifth season coming out. So that was that was interesting. And that's on what platform? Oh, let me check real quick. I can check for you. It's the Jurassic World. I think it was Netflix. That sounds like Netflix. Uh, Camp Cretaceous is the name of the series. And um, let's see if it says. Um, yeah, I think it's Netflix. Okay. After this, we should talk about books because that's actually what we were doing. And you're like, why are we doing this now? Let's put this on film because we were planning on doing this kind of an episode anyways. It is. It is. Uh, it looks like it's, oh, heck. Uh, yeah, it's Netflix. Okay. So I was watching that with the kids and then I just uh, started. I'm on like season or season. I'm on episode five of the Space Force comedy by Netflix. Okay. Um, it's comical. The the politics are a little deep sometimes. Um, they, they definitely have a bias that they show. Uh, oh, Doc, you can mute yourself. Uh, I did it for you. So unmute when you're done. Um, but the politics were a little bit. So if that, that stuff like yanks you out too much, I, I don't know, I guess I'd pass on it, but it, uh, it was otherwise, it was just kind of comical. It's farcical. It, it was sort of like wag the dog. If you've ever seen that movie where it's, I a, did see wag the dog. It's also of wag the dog afterwards. Cause they actually filmed that all in seclusion. And then they came out and they were like, wait, that shit happened in real life. Oh dear heavens! They didn't. They didn't tell the uh, the staff, I guess. But anyway, so no, they didn't. Little... They filmed it all in seclusion, like nobody was accessing anything else and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, so it was it was good. I enjoyed it. It's uh, eventually I'll get back to it, um, but it's it's definitely not family friendly. Some of the jokes are a little mature, uh, but yeah, that was that was really good. Uh, I get um, my subscription series to uh, Netflix and. Amazon Prime, I get mixed up what's on what. but I, And then finally, for watching, at least, I've been um, binge-watching the um, the Grimm, the TV show that was, like, early uh -huh. on uh, that did the seven seasons. I'm on season three. It's really cool. It's, like, basically, it's urban fantasy. Oh, it, it's completely yeah. urban fantasy. It's amazingly done. I really did enjoy it. Um, I, I have gotten a couple places where, you know, because I watched it when it was coming out live here and there. Uh, so I watched weird episodes out of order and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So I'm constantly like checking the wiki, but I, I'm the guy that reads the end of a mystery before the beginning. That's so... cheating. Checking the wiki is cheating. I am not a purist like you, Doc. So that's what I'm reading or what I'm no, watching. I'm a cheater. I know. Uh, if we do this again, we'll have more guests so we can, you know, make it get the get their money's worth. Yeah. As, a, as we said, this was a very spur and spur of the moment decision that we made. But what are you reading since we're here to talk about books and things? Okay, well, so I um, 
because of what I do at work, I devour audiobooks when I'm at work. <laughs> and uh, I tend to read something different on my can my nook. So I have been reading on my nook Jennifer Blackstream series pretty steadily since um Christmas. And uh I'm on Thrall, which is like six or seven in the series, I think. And I've truly loved it. Um but what I just finished was the uh Soulwood series by Faith Hunter. And uh I had a, some friends and I was like, hey, huh, Audible's doing an 85% off sale. So how am I spending some of my fun money this month? And um I bought like 11 books. That is a lot. All of them by Faith Hunter. I'm sure she appreciates you buying her steak dinner. I I'm sure with how the royalty split, I bought her at least a cup of coffee. Um, 69 cent one from like McDonald's late at night. Hey, hey, a little, a little bit more than that. Trad prop royalties tend not to be very author friendly. <laughs> so, because I, I bought all of the Deadwood series, which is on book five, and then I finished it and I went, please, dear God, don't. Because and I had this happen just recently, also where um, before I I started the Deadwood series, I was reading Molly Harper's Mystic Bayou series, and I got to the end of of the last book in the series, and the and it ends differently than everything else. Nothing else in the series ends with the end. And I and I, and I got to the end of the book, and I went the end, and I went wait what. And I went online and I'm like, oh, that was the last book. And then because I am a compulsive person at times, it works in my favor sometimes, sometimes not so much. I went and reread the entire series. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you're me. So, and um, like, I felt like I needed to reread it all to get a sense of completion on the book, on the last, after the last book. I got a Swiss cheese memory, so I reread things a lot to catch. Like when the new book comes out, I'm like, it's book 15. You mean I've got to listen to all 14 pre well, see, That's when you use wiki. Um, Not everything I read has a wiki. I, I, I do get it. I do enjoy rereading books. Um, I, re I used to reread The Rowan every year for like seven years by Anne nice. McCaffrey. It was the first book that really got me into reading. So it was always like happy memories every time I read it. Um, and there's a neurological, uh, there have been a couple of like psych studies that show that there's a, a positive, relaxing neurological impact of reading books that you've already read because you know how it's going to happen. What? And, you know, the last couple of years have been a little stressful. So enjoy rereading if that's what relaxes you by all means. Um, so I asked some friends and they really recommended Faith Hunter's Soulwood series. Um, particularly Michael J. Allen, who knows me pretty well. He was like, Jane, the Jane Yellow Rock series is good. But the Soulwood series is really going to be where you click. And, um, and Michael J. Allen knew me and he was right. And uh, I loved the Soulwood series and I am so happy I finished book five the same week Faith Hunter posted that she was uh, starting book six. Nice. That is good. And, good timing. Uh, 
good timing. I, you couldn't have planned the it better. The only way tried. to make it better would be when she, if she had been like, hey, book six is coming out. But I am not going to rush art. It will come when it comes. Um, but I really, truly enjoyed it because uh, I read so much sometimes that it can get a little predictable. Some of the characters. And, uh, and also, like... <sighs> It's not that I, I, I'm, like, super smart or anything. It's just I've been reading adult spec fic since mm, sixth grade and reading at least 20, 10, to 10 books or more a year. And then 2020, I read, like, 60 books. Um, so I'm blaming, I'm blaming my friend Angie in the TRMN for why I read so much uh, during certain points of the year because – she has a reading competition, so now I'm reading competitively. Yeah, the the book challenge for the ships. So yeah, no, no, ship. no. This is a problem. I've only I've I have completed since January three series, three book series because of it. How many books total? I mean, if it's a trilogy, three trilogies, that's only nine. No, 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 no. no. Let's see. I read five books of the Dead Deadwood series, the Dead uh, the Soulwood series. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like looking at my, uh, so I, and I reread all of Annette Marie's, um, Codex series. So let's see how many are in that series. There's, there's like, okay. Cause it starts off with, and anybody who knows me will know that this is funny. Cause it starts off with, um, three mages and a margarita, that series. Um, and let's see. So I read the eight books in that I finished at least 20 books this year. Easy. I'm not going to go through the math. Well, you've got five and eight is 13 already just from those two series. And you said there's okay. a third series. Uh, so, and I read all of, well, see the, the codex series is, it has, there's like the codex spellbound series, which I read eight of on that. Then, mm -hmm. um, then there's the warped one, which has three books. 24. And then I read all of the demonized build codex, which was four books. All right, you're at 28. And then I read the Goad Guild Codex Unveiled, and I'm only at book one of those because book two dropped and I haven't started it yet. So you're at 29 books. Okay. And wait, wait, wait. That we haven't started. We haven't counted the Mystic Bayou ones by Mar Molly Harper, which I also just finished reading. Um, I'm feeling like I might not get out much. It's okay. So okay, how many are in the Mystic Bayou, Molly Harper? I think it's seven recently. We we checked when we were looking at potentially booking her. Ba, 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 ba. It is six in that series, so and then, books. and then that—that's only audiobooks. <laughs> you want to keep going, or you think they get the? You think they're getting the message? 
And then I've read, I think, five or six by Jennifer Blackstream because I've been reading that on my Kindle, on my notes. 40. And, and, and then Mel Todd is sending me a book to beta read later this week. So over 40. Okay. It's close to the end of March, right? So I don't feel like I'm so weird. No, I mean, but if you if you can listen at work and you're working 40 hours a week, I mean, you could listen to a Brandon Sanderson book a week at that rate. I did clear the first story, the first kind of two story arcs of the Expanse series, the, like up until when they do the time hack, the time ch- jump, right, where right. they're like the, talking about the next generation. I did do that in under two months. Fair, fair. I so, have no life. And this is slow compared to how I was in 2020. I get that. You must be um, have an expensive book habit or a library subscription. I don't go to bars. I just run them when I get a car. The bars come home to you. I get it. So I just finished the Forget Forget Nothing 2 by Michelle C. Myers. Oh, wait. I'm also in the middle of reading Broken World by Chuck Gannon. You liking it? I am enjoying it. What is it about that you're liking? I'm going to put you on the spot. Idiot. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm enjoying it, but uh, I have to be awake when I read it because Chuck puts a lot of details in there. And because there is something about Chuck that makes me feel guilty if I fall asleep reading it. Because you know him personally. No, I know Jennifer. I know Jennifer personally too, but Jennifer would probably laugh because she's a single mom, so she gets it. Well, the um, Chuck is also the the college professor, at least he was. So he's got that professor like meet me after class kind of voice going sometimes. So I get it. Yeah. So um, and, the angry school mom approach. Don't yeah. tell him we said that. He'll never listen, right? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm always surprised if anybody finds me and they're like, I listen to your podcast, I will be surprised and probably stare at you. I'm, I always seem to do that. Yeah. I sometimes assume we're just talking into the void. I mean, I see the raw numbers. I know how many people are listening, but it's still like, that's not quite real. I describe as podcast as screaming into the ether and hoping something sticks. Yeah. I mean, right now we're at the point of rebuilding the podcast from when we, when we had that split where our big numbers are when they come for a specific guest, but as far as like our reassure reoccurring listeners, it's not as high. So like the ones that I listen, I just assume they're all my friends in real life as opposed to like just random strangers. See, at least I know, unlike you, I know none of them are my family. Fair, fair. My family in the, what, four years we've been doing this together. My family has probably listened to fewer than five episodes and normally there are episodes where i'm like hey we're talking about this specific topic that you want to talk about that you want to listen to yeah otherwise so, I don't. well we're gonna uh I mean, gonna, that sounds sad and pathetic but it's it's not it's just my family doesn't do audio medium that's fair but we are going to take a second and we're going to pause while we shamelessly shill for the man for somebody anybody who loves us yeah. 
In a world where magic is controlled by law and government, mages are both coddled and persecuted. Cory Monroe knows she isn't a mage, and her best friend is. Reality isn't always what you know. If you are looking for an urban fantasy with found family, an education-based magic system, and evolving storylines, try My Luck by Mel Todd, book one in the Twisted Luck series. Available exclusively on Amazon. <laughs> All right, so I, I um I don't know why Doc's laughing. She just started oh, wait. the minute we we went I off forgot air, to tell you, I just oh, started oh, book three. No, you're not allowed to talk anymore. No, stop. We're back from the commercial people. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, sorry for Doc so rudely interrupting, but you know what can you expect? She's from Georgia. They're weird. Hey, um, hey. guess what? 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 You have more brain trauma than I do. Don't make me add to it. Uh, I, I got the protection of a few states, so geography is protecting me. The power of geography compels you. So, but, uh, but anyway, we're back from oh. the commercial. Okay, so I am right now reading the Jane Yellow Rock series, and I think that will keep me busy for a while because it is like eighteen books. Okay, what is Jane Yellow Rock, and why are her rocks yellow? We were talking about geography, so now we're switching to geology, but I'm, I'm down for it. So let's go. So the Jane Yellow Rock series is kind of like the precursor to the Soulwood series because it happens in the same universe. And um, Jane Yellow Rock is a Cherokee woman who is a skinwalker. Okay, now you're going to try to make me sound like I was being racially insensitive. I didn't know that, people. <laughs> Jeez, Doc. <laughs> Way to, way to set me up like that. It's not my fault. You it's should so plan on my bad jokes. It's just so easy. It's like shooting fish in a barrel or Why picking up the barrel, though. Or picking on the disabled weight. All right. So, Jane Yellowrock, precursor. I'm going to get killed. Story. I'm going to get lynched by somebody. Um, but so Jane Yellowrock is a neat series because it's. Um, she is a skinwalker who she doesn't know all of her past, but she is very aware of what's going on in the present and she hunts vampires and she ends up in New Orleans. And is, New Orleans start with the simple stuff. What is a skinwalker? Is this Faith Hunter series? Yes, it's a Faith Hunter series. Okay. I know you're obsessed with the woman, so I recognize the name. Fangirl Only you keep asking me what I'm reading, and I'm like, I'm reading Faith Hunter. I'm reading because it's not okay. my fault. The woman's <laughs> a good writer, and she wrote very good, interesting characters. It, that is not my fault. Blame Faith. So, Skinwalker. What is a Skinwalker? So, it is a Native American legend involving the somebody who has the ability to shapeshift into different species of animals typically cool so it it's really good because it's got the first book's got a bit of mystery because jane's coming to town to find this rogue vampire and things are uh, a little bit more complicated than that um so it's not like a your standard road vampire that she's hunting and nobody really knows what it is um but her background lets her look at things from a different angle and um so she solves the problem 
And the book series continues on to, as I said, it's like on book like 18. Uh, so that'll keep me busy for a couple months <laughs> because Soulwood kept me busy for a month and that was five. Um, Soulwood actually starts somewhere midstream of the Jane Yellow Rock series. So it's been really kind of interesting because some of the same characters are overlapping and I know where they end up further on in their story arc. So it's kind of like watching Legacies and then going back and watching the Vampire Diaries. Um, Wait, those are connected? I was just wondering if you caught that pop culture. Yes, they are. <laughs> I've at least heard of them both. Yes, Vampire Diaries happens and then Legacies happens and it involves the children, like the next generation. So Soulwood isn't quite that far of a gap. Um, but I don't know where Soulwood truly picks up within that story arc. Right. Um, so, but Jane Yellowrock as a character cameos in one of the Soulwood series books. Like, it's just a phone call. So it's not like a big deal. But um, so I ended up picking up the Jane Yellowrock books. I picked up like the first five or six. It's the first six uh, when Audible did their sale, when I picked up all of the Soulwood series. Um, no, you I don't have to. I sound like a compulsive reader. It's okay. I don't need a club. Uh, I don't need to go to meetings. That's why we have conventions and the podcast. Fair, fair. So, what else are you reading? Because uh, I did not expect That's it. To go I feel like I've taken up sure. most of the show and people are like, this is like the Suska Reads Hour. I mean, but, I was thinking the same thing just a second ago, but... But, I mean, I, I have really enjoyed it. And what I enjoyed about Solwood was, and the main character, what is going on with the main character is as much of a mystery to me as it is kind of to the main character. Um, and what I enjoy about both and kind of ties them both together is Faith has is pulling in things from multiple cultures and that are more than just, oh, look, it's vampires and werewolves and there's a fairy. I mean, those are all good, but after, you know, Buffy aired like 25 years ago and urban fantasy was a thing before that. So we've had like 30 good plus years or more of urban fantasy. So to pull some surprises that are really about like the culture and the magic system is really fun for me. Okay. And you'll find that if you read a lot, you start to be able to predict things just because some of the plots are predictive or you can just sort of see like, it's too early in the book for this to really be the bad guy on the mystery because there's going to be some misdirection. So you think you have it. And if they're being really cheeky, they'll come back and circle back to the guy they discounted in the beginning. And it was him all along. Um, but like the, the, they get predictive. So I, I get it. So I, I mean, just that may be predictive, but as long as there's something that's fresh and new, I'm willing to give it a try. Even if it's just the characters, especially if it's the characters, because honestly, without the characters, it's all wand swishing and pew pew. Where did you put your wand again? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, why did you go there? It's a family friendly show, Doc. I meant wand like, ooh, like Harry Potter, tap it on the wand. What so did I? What did you mean? What did you think I meant? And the pew pew, I meant blasters. I don't know what you went. You were sort of accusing me of taking it in a mature direction, and uh, I had nothing to do with that. 
I was thinking maybe, you know, because of your alcohol problem, they were stirring their booze with their wand, but I don't I know do where you I do not have a problem. Okay. <laughs> so one book that we both just read, because <laughs> we're going to be doing a uh, podcast episode review of it yeah. in the near future, is we just finished The Terrible Fall of Angels by Laurel K. Hamilton. I will say I'm probably not her target demographic for this novel. Uh, Doc picked that one. Um, I did. It's very fun. Well, one of the I things I kind of forgot it because I read it back in December and then I was rereading it. Maybe I'm just reading too many things at once. So one of the things we talked about when we wanted to do growth for the podcast is you can't rely on getting just getting big name authors because one, they take time to generally speaking finagle schedules and get through the handlers and the middleman and and whatnot. So there's a lot of back and forth. And for every episode that airs. You know, for every 10 episodes that airs, there's probably two that were canceled at the last minute after we spent all that time prepping and stuff. It's just the nature of the beast. Life happens, uh, especially now with people, you know, traveling for work. leaving or, their houses again? Right. Um, although we had more cancellations during the lockdown than we had before or after. I think that, but those were always last minute. And I think it had to do more with the fact that they, like, calendars kind of blended or sobriety was not a thing, but whatever. So uh, one of the ways we're going to attempt to grow our audience and reach more people to get nerdy with uh, is we're like, well, if we can't always get them on the show and we can't like, we can't always count on them being our, you know, the balloon to lift us out of the, the trenches, so to speak. So it's like, well, if we review their books, one, book reviews are fun, two, book reviews are timeless. And um, it's it breaks up the monotony of, Asking the 150th author, you know, the religion question. It's fun. All the answers are different. All the interviews are different because the guests are different. But there's also Even some... When we have them multiple times. Right. So, but, you know, we want to mix it up. That's why we try to do some of the fireside chats. Although those are harder to schedule than anything else because you've got lots of authors to wrangle or people in general. Uh, but the other thing we were going to do was book reviews. And so Laurel K. Hamilton is larger author uh, with regard to audience size. So like, well, let's see if we can start, you know, trying to reach some of those readers by doing book reviews. Obviously, that only works when we pick books we actually like. So I didn't hate the novel, Laurel K. Hamilton's uh, A Terrible Fall of Angels. It's definitely a little bit cliffhanger. It felt like the the novel stalled and didn't really go far. But if this was a series that were all the books were already out and I could go from one to the other, probably wouldn't have as many complaints. Um, so I, I'm debating between three and four stars, but I didn't hate it. So that's, there's that. And we'll, we'll get deeper when we do the actual hour long dive into it. And Nick Garber's going to be there. He's actually reading it. Okay. He's doing it the kindergarten way, just like me. He's got someone reading it to him, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, so I just finished, uh, forget nothing Two by Michelle C. Myers and Jason Onspach. We actually had Michelle on about book one season one i think um so that one was really good so there are some authors that have certain certain trademarks so for instance nick cole is known for the food porn i haven't met a read a single one of his books where there wasn't some glorious dive into food descriptions that would make like guy figurini jealous that is a food guy right he's on food network guy something Guy Fieri, and we will uh, we can debate whether or not he counts as a food guy or just okay. a talking the, the, head on food TV. Fair, fair. But so Nick is known for, you know, ravenous descriptions of various foods, like an ode to food in every one of his novels. Really? Other than like the obsession with coffee and Forgotten Ruin. 
He had the um, the hamburger that was to die for somewhere between Reno and Rome in the Galaxy's Edge series. Uh, he had some in uh, the Wasteland series. But he, it's it's a thing if you read enough of his books. It's it's always in there. There's a oh, okay. I I read one of his books. It was not as bad as the guy who wrote The Witcher because his was either it was like even if it didn't involve food, suddenly you're talking about food and you're like, how did that happen? Don't tell Nick that. He might take it as a challenge. No, I don't think Nick pays attention to what I say. I don't know that he listens to the podcast, so we're probably okay. But but so, you know, Nick is known for that. Well, Michelle C. Myers is known for exercise porn. You listen to that and you're like, oh, God, okay. It's time to get my rucksack and my weighted vest and go for like a 20-mile run because I'm listening to this description of someone like smoking themselves. And my head is like, okay, let's do this. And my body's like, say what? Maybe so that's I, what, maybe that's what I need to get my ass back. <laughs> like that's one of her things is it's like very pro moto like PT, but and that's just you know it's just the thing. But she's like that in person. I know I know the author authoress. I don't know. I know Michelle. She's a nice lady. Uh, you know she's all right for a marine and for an officer type. Um, hey, so, somebody's got to be the officer. Yeah, someone's got to do it. But so, but it, one of the things they did is this was. Um, the story, so Andy and Broxton is the first female to attempt the Legion, because uh, in this world, there are no female Legionnaires. And it's a story of why it didn't work. Um, and so the first book was introducing her backstory before she gets in. This book was her at Legion Academy. Uh, and I don't know what book three is going to be because it's it's not out yet, but I'm told it's a trilogy. So it's going to finish her story arc to get her to where she is in the main series, because this is a character from the first season of Galaxy's Edge. So the first nine books. Um, and they did some things and like, I'm like, okay, if you read enough military sci-fi, all of the training boot camp training montages are basically the same because boot okay. camp has pretty much been the same. But here's my question. When you're talking like seasons of a book, does that mean all the books came out in the same year? No. Okay. Just that so they all completed one. Right. So larger like story arc. Right. And so they're doing larger story arcs instead of doing a break off series, you know, that follows th this series, follows this series, follows this series. They're just mm -hmm. calling them seasons. Okay. Um, and because they were so heavily inspired by the original Star Wars, that it's kind of got that TV vibe. Oh, uh, so did they start with episode four? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, although they wrote book two before they wrote book one. So does that count? I don't know. Were but binders so involved? No. But so this book was like, it was a boot camp sort of montage. That's the whole thing. But she kept it interesting. Like she did things like, okay, this is going to be a little bit spoiler territory. Anybody that's seen Demolition Man where they did some things in VR? They play with VR in this one as a way to make training unique, to give things a realistic vibe. Um, because blasters are a thing, like you can shoot people at the lowest settings and it just hurts. Uh, they have medical technology that is such that you can heal a lot of things. So you can do a lot of damage. So it's not quite, well, actually it's right up there with the Starship Troopers movie where they're like, why do I need to learn knife fighting when I could just shoot them with my blaster? And so the guy, the, the medics or the drill sergeant is like, put your hand on the board and they throw the knife through the hand. I mean, come on. The movie's like 20 years old people. It's not a spoiler. That kind of level of violence at the, the training, because yeah, we could fix most of it. We're good. Um, but it was very interesting take. They, they, showed some tech that I thought was kind of neat um, that I hadn't seen before in the series. So she definitely brought 
new things to this concept of a of a training montage that I really liked. So that was good. Um, so book two wasn't just a training montage. It was, but they did things enough that there was action because, like, you know, they but, gave. Okay, so, but that's the less training montage and more. That was a training. Book. It's an academy book, which is an entire genre of literature, uh, subgenre yeah, of literature. Academy books, generally speaking, are young people. Like, it's a young adult genre, right? Whereas this is, I mean, she was already a major in the the um, Republic Marine Corps, so like she's a seasoned. I, mean, I don't know. Older. They could be breeding them in, like, in forty k, and just be teenagers then. No, no, she was she was an adult. It wasn't necessarily an academy book in that sense. It was just taking place at Legion Academy. So rather than being a true boot camp montage, it was just set at boot camp. If that distinction makes sense. Yes. So I, I, I really like that. I don't want to go back to. I don't know. I had fun. I'd do it again. But I didn't have as much fun no. as it sucked at the time. But looking back. Like, no. I didn't have snow in Georgia when I was at Fort Benning School for Wayward Boys. I went to Lost in the Woods. Too in much the snow. In I the winter. At, I was yeah. at uh, Benning in the high We were there during the worst winter in over 100 years. I remember they tell us uh, in 98, they were like, it's black flag, weather, black flag weather. We're not supposed to be training. Put your rucks on. We're going for a run. Like you jerks. But, you know, some of the stuff yeah. I learned there kept me alive when I was in, in the sandbox, uh, mostly because they had a way of making the memory stick. Um, so, for instance. Trauma will do that to you. I forgot to put my weapon on safety when we were doing the zero range. There were no rounds in the chamber because each magazine only had three, but I didn't put it on safety when we went down range. And so I got back in and noticed and had that, oh crap face, which I'm sure they recognized because suddenly my first sergeant, my company commander and my drill sergeants were pulling me out of the, the cement foxhole by my Kevlar and my uh, suspender vest and kicking me as they tried to help me get out of the foxhole so they could yell at me. Because they wouldn't be abusive. That's just against regulations. But they were no, just, no, no. It was corrective training. I'm sure. Right, right. They were just showing me the error of my ways. Uh, I never did that again. Uh, same with the dust cover. Um, let's see. There's, there's just lots of lessons you learn the hard way. And you, I learned. Uh, so I was way too large to have started bidding. Uh, I guess the guy was blind at the map station, but they let me in anyway. And then I became like the drill sergeant's project. So I lost so much weight at boot camp. My parents didn't recognize me. They had to go, well, I know he's in this platoon and I know he's white and I know he wears glasses. Okay, let me like, you know, narrow it down that way. And they obviously they knew what squad I was into because you wrote that on your mail. So that's how they had to recognize me because I lost so much. I had to go to CIF for a new issue twice while I was at boot camp for infantry OSA. Twice? Wow. I, I just kept shrinking. So No, um, I get it because I started as I was on the tail end of a men's extra large and by the time i finished because so your uniform is not supposed to show the female curve i could have fit a size small but it would have shown the female curve so they put me in a medium but even then the mediums were really loose so yeah i lost a lot of weight so i do understand that so the other, well, then there was because guys stopped growing a little bit later. There were some guys that had growth spurts so as well. They got taller or, or foot, but yes, we had training. such bad weather and such training conditions because of it. They only let one person per platoon to go back to get um, a DX anything. 
but yeah, so I went through, I lost so much weight. So when most of the time they, they mess with you in the DFAC, it's the dining facility. It's, you know, sit down, shovel it down, get out calories in calories out. So they'll make you do PT after generally speaking, they want someone to puke with yeah. me. I got a personal escort through the line by my drill sergeant as he tried to, as he, you know, taught me how to eat healthy. And then Aww. I had to stay until I finished it. But then I was a road guard, so I ran everywhere. And uh, if you know what a Farfin Newton run is, where you know you hog, you run, and then you jog, and then you sprint, uh, I was the road guard. Every time we did a march, it was that. I was a road guard for all of OSAD. Oh, and so wow. I failed my last PT test by two seconds. So you get one do-over before they recycle you. My drill sergeant ran behind me with a rubber ducky, which is just an M16 that's all solid rubber. They're heavy. They hurt if they hit you. And every time I slowed down, he butt stroked me in the back to motivate me to keep going forward. So I, I passed it with 15 seconds to spare. I cut 17 seconds in a 24-hour period off my run. And the lesson I learned there was, as tired as you are, whenever you think you're done, you've always got 10 more steps in. You're like, there's oh, no. a little bit left. Oh, no. See, I was the person because we were at record cold. We actually had to get permission, special permission to have our final PT test. I did mine in shorts and a t-shirt and they looked at me and they went, what the fuck is wrong with, what the hell is wrong with you small? Why are you doing this? And I went, it's simple. If I slowed, if I am cold, then I will speed back up. Just to get in. <laughs> exactly. I, get but it. I, I had spent so long being road guard as well on runs that I could sprint over half a mile yeah i did the same um you're not supposed to be able to do that uh, no but i get it it's it's you know your body can do more than you think you can and we live in soft times so it breeds soft people i um, I don't know what you're talking about i remember that i wanted to be the the squad machine gunner at boot camp but they generally give that to people with the best pt uh they make it sound like it's a privilege to do that but that's extra weight so it's mostly making sure less people fall out like from, from a logistical standpoint. Uh, and I was always the one that ended up because while I, what I lacked in raw skill and physicality, I made up for with sheer stubbornness. So I just wouldn't quit. So it worked for me, but yeah, so that's one of the lessons. But anyway, I don't know how we got off this topic because we were talking about the training montage at, at forget nothing. So I really, I liked how she did that. Uh, it felt real and, and as exaggerated as it was, it worked for the universe. So the other thing I'm reading is, um, they're about to release the last book in the larger universe that is Richard Fox's Ember Wars. So there's the Ember Wars. There's the Terra Nova series in that world. There's like three or four spinoff series in that world. The Terra and Arm or the 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 Armor Core, I think Iron Hearts is what it is, and a few others. And I've read them here and there as they came out. But now that the last one is coming, I'm starting from the beginning just so I can plow through for full effect. Um, and I'm alternating that with. Um, don't 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 laugh. I know where your mind went. That's fine. She's she uh, boat. I'm alternating between that, BV Larson's Undying Mercenaries, because he also just released another book. And I'm like, I thought it ended at 12 and he just released book 17. Holy crap. So I gotta start at the beginning because I don't remember everything. Because uh, you missed five books. Because well, you lost counts. Not only did I miss the five books that I didn't realize came out because Amazon won't let me do the auto buy, you actually have to go to their website and click the button. Um, and so, and I just for that reason, I didn't, 
I follow him. Like you follow him on Amazon, so I'm supposed to get alerts when he puts new stuff out. But you have to read me. your emails, though. They might go to the junk mail. It's possible. But so I'm reading um, the B.B. Larson's Undying Mercenary. And it's basically the concept of that is uh, you, when you die, they just reprint a new body and they re-upload your personality into it because they scan you when you join. And there's some shenanigans there, some in-depth about what it means to be human. And after your first death and a regrow, are you really you or are you a new person? Uh, and there's only things stopping you from having like two copies of yourself out there is like there's some law from the overarching galactic society that prevents them from doing that. But in theory, you could print uh, like an army of JRs and go invade Canada or something. JR, you would not be able to invade, even not even Canada. Maybe I like your local IHOP and definitely your local Krispy Kremes. I don't know. I mean, I've been watching the news lately, so maybe I could take Russia. Maybe. I do know how to use a javelin, so maybe I got a chance. And I've driven a tractor, so I'm just going to put that out there. But uh, so I'm reading The Undying Mercenaries, and it's basically his uh, the main character who's really sassy, and he says everything every private ever wished they were had the guts to say but were smart enough not to, the main character says, which I really dig. Um, it, it works in some cool tech and then some old tech and some, some like some classic tropes which i really like uh i've actually reached out a couple times trying to get bb larson on the show but i guess he doesn't answer our emails um so you know there's that uh and then finally we've got uh empire of bones by terry mixon just released book 14 or 15 and i listened and i'm like i missed that how i don't remember any of these characters and he's got like some sort of in the beginning talking about this person was married to this person i'm like wait what that's because I terry's a romantic he is. He's a romantic soul. So I'm like, okay, maybe instead of starting at book one, if I start at book 10, it will like jog the memory. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to have to go back to the old fashioned way in the library soon because budget constraints being what they are, I had to end my Audible subscription and my Kindle Unlimited subscription. So I'm going to have to, I hear there's this OneDrive thing where you can check out eBooks at the library. And so I'm just going to pester the authors that I really like and be like, hey, can you put your books in the library system? Because you get paid for that, too. If you I have no that. idea how any of that works. Me either. I have minions for that. No, you don't. Sure I do. Your mother is not a minion. There are others. You don't know everything. But yeah, so that's what I'm reading. Uh, yeah, you're wrong. What else? All right, so what You're you... not that deep and mysterious, JR. I could be, you don't know, you know, because I fire you regularly. So you when you're reapplying for your job, like I'm doing things. JR, I'm making things happen. JR, there's no reapplying for the job. I just keep doing it. Well, no, I've totally got applications from you. Don't don't try to front. It's okay. But uh <laughs> you don't, you crazy turdball. All right. So we've talked about what we're watching. We've talked about what we're reading. What are you excited for or waiting for to come out? Solid six. Okay. I hate I hate answering some of that because it, I feel like it's nagging the author. Like if Faith Hunter, by any twist of weird fate that would leave me dumbstruck, is listening to this, I'm not nagging you. <laughs> uh, um, I'm because I don't ever want to be that person who nags. It feels it sounds 
and feels very ungrateful to me when I hear fans do that. Um, well, let's let's because writing is hard. It's a lot of work. Well, the the thing people don't understand is they they try to get too into the oh artsy fartsy. We've heard Larry Correa, if you listen to any of his media, go on ad nauseum about it. Yeah, in the end, it's a business, and if the books aren't selling, yeah, but I mean, you know, I get it. So, on I, he's talked about it on Writer Jojo, but I mean, Larry will also be the first to tell you it's he's not beholden to the fans in that just because they want it means he gives it to them. So. And definitely there's a certain aspect of sometimes I love a good story arc when it comes to a complete finish, but not so finished that like everybody's dead and is dragged on and like the family line is no longer in existence. So um, I'm, I'm really excited that Faith Hunter has decided to, start book six of Soulwood. Uh, I think she's working on the next in her junkyard cat series, which is a sci-fi series that is a lot of fun and very post-apocalyptic. Um, so those two, I will be very excited and I have uh, already like in my head, they're on auto buy um, since audible doesn't do auto buy either. Um, Let's see. Uh, I'm really looking forward to when Mel Todd gets me the advanced readers copy or the beta copy of the um, Twisted Luck book series. The next one in it, because it's going to be interesting. She and I have talked a bunch about it and it's I can't wait to see what she actually did with those conversations. So those are the ones I'm probably looking forward to the most. Um, how about you? What are you looking forward to in your dark and future world? So I really dig the uh, Empire of Bones series. So I'm always waiting for the new one of that and his, his side series, which is the, so the Empire of Bones saga takes place post fall of the Terran Empire. And they're sort of rebuilding with one of the remnant wings. Um, so these got a different series, the uh, Imperial Marine series about the, one of the last Marines, uh, Imperial Marines in the pre-fall Terran Empire. Um, so you see everything at its height and then everything after they're rebuilding, like this is sort of a, not really a prequel because it's different characters, but so I'm, I'm enjoying both of those series and waiting for those. Jay and Chaney kidnapped him and made him write some series with him for a little bit, which slowed that down. But you know, he's got bills. I hear Chaney is very good at the kidnapping thing. He's good at it. You know, I, I, he says he was in the air force doing like. He is a things. very nice gentleman. Like when you meet him, he feels like a gentleman, but he is also very good at t- kidnapping people, particularly people named Terry. Yes, he 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 did that with a few other Terrys we know, but uh, <laughs> maybe he's got some. Well, anyway, we can't talk about that. That's highly classified. But yeah, so uh, he's got <laughs> he's got Terry Mixon in a basement chained up writing this series with him, uh, which I'll get to eventually as well. Uh, but so I'm waiting on those two series. Um, I'm waiting on the last book to know how it ends with Richard Fox's Undi- or not Undi- uh, Ember Wars universe, because I, I dig that. Um, I am enjoying those three, I think, the, the most. Um, you tend always... to dig Richard Fox. I like his books. He's, he's really good. He's okay for a, for an Intel guy. I did enjoy um, Governor with Weber, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy many Weber books. Roll pods. 
waves of missiles. <laughs> yep. Uh, I wonder if the Roll Pods came because he's a Roll Tide fan. I wonder. No, 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 no. It has something to do with some game system he used to be involved with, I think, beforehand. Okay. But uh, I I really like... I've never heard David say Roll Tide. Okay. Well, I really dig those three series. I also enjoy, obviously, Galaxy's Edge, if you haven't guessed. Uh, so I'm always looking for the next book of those and the next audiobook of the Forgotten Ruin series. But now that uh, things are a little bit tighter and the economy is shrinking a little bit, uh, I might have to go back to reading the old-fashioned way, which means a lot slower. Uh, dang, head, head injuries will do that to you. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm waiting on right now. I always enjoy another one I really enjoy if I need like a pep-me-up book is the um, um, Jonathan Yanez's stuff. He had specifically his Gateway to the Galaxy, which was... Well, really Jonathan good. is just like a, a peppy person. Like He is. That's why I like him. Um, so, and that's one of the things that I, I was kind of disappointed on because I like his style. It's very 1980s, cheesy military commando kind of thing. Like it doesn't take itself seriously. That's not to say he doesn't write serious themes and, and everything, but it has that vibe of we're just here to have fun. Um, and I really dig that because, you know, life is dark enough as it is. I don't read Grimdark for a reason. Um, you know, the popcorn for the mind is, is good. So I'm, I'm waiting on those. Um, I am enjoying the um, shameless plug. I have some coming out in it, but the Blaster Bolt easing with Fainting Goat Games with Mike Lafferty. We interviewed him about it. Uh, those looked really good. Some of the stories he got, he was telling me about them. So, and some of that he did in the episode. So check that out. But so I'm waiting. I've been reading those. That's been interesting. Um, I, I'm a completionist though. So I'd almost rather like just give them to me all at once and let me pay a little bit more. And then I could just bow, you know, read through it. Um, the danger with that mentality as an author for authors, I should say, is if you do that and you just kept waiting for the series to be done and they don't get enough sales because of that, like they might not ever finish it because there was exactly. No so there's something to be said for that. Um, that's one of the things I like that Terry has done with his uh, box sets for the Empire of Bones. He'll bundle them every three books. So if you want a deal, you can still get it without necessarily waiting until the very, very end. I don't know. Like, I think there's going to have to be a Brandon Sanderson in his future to finish these because I don't think he plans on ending them. Terry, I mean. Um, no. But uh, but I have enjoyed those. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to play that out. But yeah, so that's what I am I'm waiting for. Do you, uh, do you, are you waiting for anything on the television, on the telly? What are we, British all of a sudden? I mean, you know, I might decide to drink warm beer. Who am I kidding? That stuff's disgusting. Drink it cold, people, like an American should. You done? I a, yeah, I got that out of my system. If you're listening, okay. Tim, if you're listening, beer should be drank cold, iced cold. Thank you. T2 oh. and sweet. None of this hot crap. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done for real. Okay. On the television, I am going to make myself sound like such a geek, but I really am looking forward to the season two of The Winks coming out on Netflix. So one of the series that um, that I was looking forward to, like on... the, the live action one, not the cartoon one. So... No, I, I, well, we've talked about it, but maybe the listeners didn't know that. Um, so listeners do not listen to everything just because they listen. This is true. So I watched uh, and I binged watched this about January, 
But the uh, Secrets of Sulphur Springs season one and two, which is a Disney time travel kid show, I would look forward to season three, but quite frankly, it will not be out by the time my subscription ends and there's just no <laughs> no money to renew it. So I will probably wait for a while on that one and then maybe it'll eventually get picked up by other platforms. Although now that Disney Plus is a thing, they're pulling back most of their content and putting it all um, all onto one onto their platform. So, I, you know, but I, I would like to see how that ends at some point. Maybe I'll buy a month subscription just for that on a throwaway credit card. Um, but so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and I'm, it's not like I'm waiting on it because it's already out, but I'm going to start binge watching here with the kiddos, the uh, whole Stargate uh, SG-1, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe, because it was awesome. I don't care who you are. Um, I never really watched it. I was so mad. I loved it. It was gritty, but they kept moving the time. And then Fox would have it air after like sporting events or in just various things. So it would never start on time. And that was before the subscription model where everyone would just binge watch it that way. So it was, everyone was DVRing it and watching it in their own time. But if something ran late and they pushed it back in your DVR, it wasn't set record the show is record the show at nine o'clock. So if it aired late, you just didn't record it and they didn't get credit for it. Also, they didn't really count on the TV listing for views. They only counted live views. They didn't really count the DVRs. I don't know if there was a way for them to tell. So people, you know, they just, there was no real way to track who was watching what. So it didn't get the, um, the watchership at the time to justify them continuing. And again, like I said, Fox is where all the good shows go to die. I hate you. Uh, that's for you, Fox. Um, but so they promised us an ending in the graphic novel. So I bought the graphic novel and it ended in a freaking cliffhanger with no ending. I'm still bitter. Okay. But other than that, I'm going to be rewatching the, uh, the Stargate stuff with the kids and watching the, um, the movie the, that started it all. I did. Uh, and I know we got to wrap this up, but I did, I will say I have learned an important lesson with the oldest. I generically assumed that if it was 1980s and it was rated R, that's like PG 13 today. That is not always true. And what looked like a campy uh, fantasy show turned out to be something that looked like you should be over 21 to watch it. And we're going to leave it at that. And he laughed the whole time. I'm trying to hit the buttons to close the screen off because I didn't need him seeing that. So uh, so I'm going to have to screen anything that nostalgia says, oh, it's the 80s. It's going to be okay. Don't do that, people. It might bite you in the backside. But, <laughs> all right. I think that's where you like to get bit. We were um, not supposed to talk about that on air. It's not that kind of show, Doc. I was just meaning because, you know, you did poor infantry. Oh, uh, this is true. I, I, you know, I do like to suck. But, all right. So, uh, that is us. That's what we're watching. That's what we're listening. If you find this enjoyable and our weird side trips down memory lane for reasons I still don't understand, but we're just rolling with it, uh, be sure to put in the comment section that you'd like more of it. And we can have um, guests come on the show. And, and discuss with us. That that was the original plan, and we will do that still. But uh, you can find us, if you want to follow us on the interwebs, on Twitter at twitter.com backslash sf underscore fantasy underscore show. Twitter.com backslash under Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email the show at blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. Again, blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen, which is facebook.com backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. We have a website at anchor.fm 
backslash blasters dash and dash blades again anchor.fm backslash blasters tech and tech blades where you can also support us for as little as 99 cents on a reoccurring basis you help pay for the overhead and keep the lights on so you know do your part we appreciate it you can also support the show over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr hanley again that is buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr hanley uh, we would appreciate it. And if you do, put in the comment section that it is for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co-hosts, Nick Garber and Doc Sesta, duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders. Never surrender. Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody likes a quitter, people. All right, Doc, bring us home. Thank you for sending some of your precious time with us for the absentee Nick Gardner and the... Um, Addle-brained J.R. Handley. I'm Seska. This was the Blasters and Blades podcast. Join us next week. Same time, same place, same shenanigans. Okay, maybe not the same shenanigans. We're not that organized. But we will be having fun with somebody, and we hope to see hear you there. Um, until then, we'll be indulging in all of our shenanigans. Let us know what you think of this very different for us episode. Um, have a good night. And don't forget. Yep. Yeah.